Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the Real Housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I hope you've had a great couple of weeks. We're into August now, and I, I just can't believe it's happening. This year is fine along. We're nearly at a year of this podcast, which is bonkers when you think about it. Very excited about today's guest, my first ever Canadian guest, someone who's Uh, content I have loved for years he's very funny we have had great chats about housewives over the years and on his uh, podcast loves it which he co-hosts with his friend Josh they get into lots of great uh, housewives topics as well so definitely check that out but for now without any further ado here is Jordan Apulazi on housewives and me My guest today is a content manager a writer and he is a co-host of the hilarious podcast loves it I'm very excited to say, Jordan Apulazi, welcome to Housewives and Me. Oh my god, I'm so excited to be here. I think you're the first Canadian guest as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I'm honoured as well. <laughs> we have lots to discuss about all things Housewives, so let's start at the very beginning, because I do want to get into mm-hmm. Canadian Housewives, which are underrated and iconic in my opinion, but how did you get into Housewives? Okay, I, first of all, I've been preparing for that question for so long, but like, <laughs> I think my memory of it is... It happens in three parts. So there was the Jersey like table flip, which kind of like sent shockwaves outside of like the housewives world a little bit. And I hadn't been watching at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think I had kind of stayed away from the Jersey shore of it all. And I was like, okay, this table flip seems kind of iconic. Let me watch that. So I think Jersey was always the door in, but then I remember kind of being like well what else here is like this and I went to New York right after and there was something just the way those I think I watched like the first two seasons or three seasons of New York at that point mm-hmm. and I just connected so immediately to the comedy that was happening on screen and I was like this is insane and yeah New York and I feel like it kind of not as exactly the same for you but like New York sings like a very specific housewife song that kind of just draws you right in and you're like oh this is this is beautiful I love this world so you you did Jersey in New York and did that send you down the rabbit hole of like every housewife city because I get the impression from your podcast that you kind of and all the memes you do online Mm -hmm. as well that you watch pretty much everything now Yeah, I would genuinely watch each one. I think there was a time and a place that I had just like my main girls and I didn't really veer into the like Dallas or OC. And then I finally, my co-host and my good friend Josh like got me into Dallas, which I now regret given the last season, but it was fine. (laughs) Like Josh, I'd like a a refund on that. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get a full return? Um, (laughs) And then OC was such a major blind spot for me. And I went and did like all the Heather Dubrow years. And then I went back and did like probably four, five and six. And then throughout all that, I was catching up on Atlanta, which was at that point had so many seasons that I was like, let me start from the beginning because Atlanta, like Beverly Hills, has those really timeless, iconic kind of first few seasons that is rare to have. Um, but yeah, now I watch I watch them all. This is my life, Connor. As you mentioned, you're the first Canadian guest on the <laughs> podcast and <laughs> breaking, you know, breaking new boundaries, setting yeah. them or like raising the bar, Canadian <laughs> representation on its finest. <laughs> um there have been two Canadian Housewives mm-hmm. franchises, which I feel like 
or like both ends of the housewife spectrum. So we had, I can't even remember the year it came out. We had Real Housewives of Vancouver, which only ran for two mm-hmm. seasons, but I really think is like a cult classic for people who know about it because those two seasons were so crazy. And then a few years ago, we had the like watchable, unlikable, but a little bit dull one season wonder that was Real Housewives of Toronto. So what do you make of those two different housewives cities from Canada? Okay, I'm going to start with the bad because you're going to be mad at me, but I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Vancouver and it's not out of like, (gasps) I know, it's not out of not wanting, I just have not. And I will say, and I'm not speaking for all Canadians, I think sometimes with like Canadian, like when we're trying to replicate something else, it doesn't, it's not as successful. We've had really great success with like Canada's Drag Race, which was amazing, Big Brother Canada, which was amazing, The Amazing Race Canada, but like for some reason... I think Vancouver came before Toronto, if I'm correct. And I think that's what you just said. But I never watched Vancouver. But then I went right to Toronto and I was like, oh, this feels weird. (laughs) Like it got the playbook right, but the ingredients it was trying to do just didn't connect at all. And I've never seen a less authentic first season of a Housewives show than The Real Housewives of Toronto. And also like... I'm fine with friends not always connecting or like the cast very much being put together by production because at some point real bonds would form. But for Toronto, it just never meshed. That's a good point. And I can't believe you've not seen Vancouver. I actually just, I don't even think I asked you. I was like, oh, you see Vancouver. I didn't even, usually I was like, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. What? I was like, no, but I should have checked because usually I go, what cities have you seen? Blah, blah. That's crazy. Is it hard to find over there? Because it's on Hayley no, here. So I think we're not- kind of spoiled. No, it's not hard to find. We do have it on Hey You here. I just, I don't know. I think maybe I'm bad at celebrating homegrown talent. I just have never gone to Real Housewives of Vancouver. But now that I'm being shamed on this public forum, I will go watch it. <laughs> I think, oh, it's it's fucking brilliant. Like, and the thing that's good about it is it sort of has its own unique flavor in Vancouver. I mean, I've visited Vancouver. I family there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So like Vancouver in itself is a great setting for yeah, a show like that and there's so much wealth in Vancouver as well so yeah and I'm sure you've seen clips of like Mary Zilba and her beef with them oh my god Jody, and then there's Ronnie who yeah in the first season had a very bad drinking problem and she had to come to terms with that like there are some great characters who kind of uh fit in the housewives canon I think maybe Twitter needs to do a better job at putting up the housewives of Vancouver clips because they that's what got me into Melbourne last year <gasps> yeah or earlier this year and i'm like two or three seasons in and like you were just saying about vancouver melbourne has such a specific way that it works and it's so fascinating to watch because like one scene will be 10 minutes long and it's just the lunch and i'm like where is the beat like when are we cutting this up a little bit yeah that's like a cultural thing i think where they're not as obsessed with cutting to an ad break or mm-hmm. like the next scene and I because I've been re-watching season one and all the episodes are oh, season 51 one. like 50 minutes plus which is just so funny yeah. they obviously don't have as many ads so like I was thinking that too some scenes actually run a bit long which is fascinating for housewives because it's usually so choppy because I would um like have a edible at night and then that's when I would watch it and I was like <laughs> am I too high or is this scene like 15 minutes long. 
and like, you're like hi and Gina's like and that's why I, I, I didn't fact doll and you're like whoa like I think she said that a few times oh my god there was oh it's a demon that's a demon doll no it's a demon I'm sorry yeah there was that clip that went viral last week of I forget the housewife's name but she's the one with like the whiter blonde hair and it was like um oh I can't I'm not doing if this impression is bad please cut it out like <laughs> um where did you get the money from and how are you getting it? It's not from your father. And it was the caption was like seeing all the gays going on vacation for like four weeks. And I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> was it Janet from Melbourne? I think so. Oh, it sounds like, where did you? I can imagine that sounds like something Janet would say. Oh, God, she's <laughs> Janet's fucking brilliant. Janet would be amazing on Housewives in New York. Like, I'm like, fly her in, fly her in. That entire cast is like, I mean, that's my, it was. Toronto is such Real Houses of Toronto is such a non-event, but the issue is casting, and we've seen that like so many, sorry, so many times over different iterations and seasons and things that just don't mesh. And I think not to go all over the place, but we're seeing like on Beverly Hills this year, that's such a perfect recipe of everybody playing the role that they mm. have to play in a cast, and I think it's like working like magic. So we have a lot of Housewives shows airing at the moment. As we're talking, we have Beverly Hills, New York, Potomac. There's wicked whispers of Salt Lake City coming down the pipe. You know, OC is back filming Atlanta. They're like, we might film at some point in the next six years. Who knows? But (laughs) of what's airing now, let's dive into Beverly Hills. First of all, you mentioned there that it's a cast with great chemistry and all the elements are working together. Are you enjoying the season? Are you on the train of this is their best season in years? What do you think? Yeah, I am very much on the train. I think the measure for me often is rewatching an episode the next day, which is rare. But I, for some reason, Beverly Hills, I even did this a little bit with the early parts of the last season. Um, I find like what is happening this season in the episodes is so watchable and quotable and instantly Housewives iconic. Like the... I know it's a bit overplayed at this point, but like the crystal and sudden leather pants incident, I think mm-hmm. as it was unfolding was just t- the screen. The screen was screaming at you being like, this is housewives canon. Like this happening right now is an iconic housewives fight. I think I don't know who Erica's acting coach was for Chicago, but they deserve the biggest <laughs> race in the world because wow, we all should have seen her on Chicago. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, but it's true. It's true. It's not going to be okay for a while. You know, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> there's a hill behind our house that he drives down every night. She is speaking love- out of like half her mouth. It's fascinating. <laughs> I also, I mean, we're talking about that scene where she tells the story about Tom's car crash, mm. which was full of inconsistencies. But for some reason, it really stood out to me the way she went, there's a switchback, right? And she puts her <laughs> hand out to illustrate what a switchback road is. I was like, I don't need the rules of the road from Erica Jane. Like, I just need you to tell the story with a degree of consistency. Like, please. Erica said, get in the car. We're going to see if you, you I'm going to give you your parking permit today. And good luck. <laughs> and I just was like, we have... Collectively, I think a lot of Housewives fans spent years complaining that she doesn't give enough. And that's fine. I was always mostly indifferent because I wasn't completely enamored with her. But I also was like, she serves kind of a function here. But with all that said, 
she is like the actions that happen, the legal stuff aside, in terms of a housewife's performance, it's so captivating. Yeah, because I mean, it's that thing a little bit like, say, the Kardashians, where mm-hmm. we're exploring like this already ever evolving story six mm-hmm. months prior, but we're watching all these nuances of them reacting. It's just it, it there it is like however you may feel about it, and like I feel like. I'm cynical about some of her protests around it and some of what I don't think, she, I think maybe she's, you know, I don't know, like my feelings on the case and her involvement or lack thereof change yeah. constantly. Yeah. But as you say, it is utterly compelling. Yeah, it's incredibly compelling. And I think I, I'm not here to say if it's put on or not. I think it's a little bit put on, but I think like, it's just fascinating to see the dynamics at play right now because we have her as like both the not a hero but like the villain that you're kind of just trying to figure out what's going on with you have garcelle playing like detective a little bit because she's like the audience (laughs) the audience is way in kyle's like the mom figure right now kathy's comedic relief and dorit's there on screen sometimes (laughs) dorit turns up every few weeks every few hello my love bug hello my love bug (laughs) Nectaria, that's all I have to say. (laughs) Nectaria is a fabulous designer of bridal gowns. (laughs) Where are you with this season? Are you obsessed? I actually, yeah, I am. I feel like it it has weirdly, it has elements of what was coming clear last season of removing Lisa Vanderpump and a sort of clearing of the board and there was an energy shift. But because they got so bogged down Mm -hmm. in the Denise stuff, it started to feel a bit heavy whereas now it's like okay this is a show removed from one of its core anchors from a couple years ago enough new people that fit in and there's enough bodies literally like enough people on the cast that COVID is not as big an issue and obviously the Erica thing is such a massive storyline I do want to ask you about something though because I was doing my research uh over the you know the last few days before I spoke to you and I don't know if you know this but you (gasps) are quoted Oh. On the Wikipedia for Erica Jane's song "Expensive," did you know this? Stop for what? <laughs> Is this an so if you look, <laughs> if you look up the song on Wikipedia Stop. and you go to critical reception, there are quotes from uh, <gasps> Idolater, from CollegeCandy.com, and then it says. Jordan Apulezi of Mike.com called the song Stop. smart, catchy, and she has her tongue permanently in her cheek, making her more self-aware than appears. <laughs> I thought you knew that. <laughs> okay, I remember writing it, but I also like, oh my god, I, if you could see me right now, I'm like fully red. <laughs> it's like, I, it's a good quote. <laughs> it's a good quote. Do I stand by that statement? A hundred percent. Because you're talking about the song, to be fair. You're not talking about like, you know, now no, Eric no. now. But that's fascinating. You 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 said you weren't really a fan, but it's, it, I mean, it sounds like you were you, back then. You? 2017 <laughs> wow Mm-mm-mm. i've been Mm-mm-mm. clocked i'm dead i think <laughs> i mean there's two people to kind of like talk about there's the erica jane like facade and then there's erica girardi and then there's like the person who's actually erica and like what that means i think erica the pop star who performed once every se- seven months one of her five songs like that was fun i didn't oh. hate that <laughs> sorry i mean it's true <laughs> One of her but, five songs. Okay, T, but T. <laughs> I, I, listen, I love the songs. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, I think Erica the pop star or whatever that kind of was imagined as was fun. And now we're seeing, like, this disillusion of what 
we were given to perceive her as as and like i think i always go back to that scene that's coming up in a few episodes where she's yelling at sudden at the table and the self tanner is on her the collar of her shirt (laughs) and it's like wow it really is she always presented so flawless and now it's falling apart at the seams and not like literally the outside is starting to wash away like the the veneer of it all and what's so that's such a good point and what's really funny is i mean that scene as we're talking has yet to play out that it already feels infamous because it's been in two trailers but you know when Erica was talking to Kyle about all this and her mascara was running down her face from crying mm-hmm. and that became kind of a meme and an image people used. But also it's become such a talking point. Like, is she, was that real? Did she wear a mascara that would run? That's not like, why would someone so flawless that their makeup look that bad? And I was like, you know, listen, the Housewives fan accounts can kind of drive themselves crazy with the theories and speculations sometimes. But I was like, this is so fascinating that this is actually a point of conversation as well. Well, I think it's also like... I don't want to talk out of turn, but I think the first time in a while on Housewives where we had like a Megan King Edmonds, Vicky Brooks situation happen more, more recently where we're all like really online and really trying to all play detective where Mm. when that was happening, that was just a few years ago, but it was maybe less, um, incestuous in terms of the conversation like we are so engaged and everyone is playing their part and i agree with you where it's like uh like what is the the question now is like do you believe that she didn't do you believe that she did do you believe the mascara was on purpose and it's like listen i have watched the good wife and the good fight but i am no lawyer i am only a housewives viewer and i will address what i'm seeing on screen and that's all i can know yeah, I know. It's funny because I, I I love the analysis, obviously. Like, I have mm-hmm. a fucking podcast about this. But <laughs> sometimes the way people just go, like, it's a bit mad. Like, some of it just feels like people's own thoughts about her. Yeah. And they've, like, added on to, like, they're like, well, like and then this whole thing before the season. Well, she clearly doesn't have her glam squad. Mikey's off the payroll. And I'm like, no, she has been tagging them on Instagram for months. Mm-hmm. Like, They've been in multiple scenes, like just because she had one unflattering photo, I was like, "Well, she's not paying for the glam squad anymore." I'm like, "Okay, but she was never in high drag to go get gas." Like, you guys are acting absolutely wild. Like, oh that yeah, side the, of, yeah, yeah. The pictures of her, like, where her hair is just not disheveled, but just like, no, like whatever. She's just out getting gas. Like, there's to quote Vicky Gunvalson, there's a time and point to hang her on the cross, like Jesus was, and then there's like, you know, she's just getting gas. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we've plenty. We'll get plenty of footage of her on the show that will feed that need to like maybe take her down a peg that some people have. But I'm I cannot wait for the Sutton Erica fight. Like, oh, like, I I can't gagging. wait for that. And I'm also this is the first time in so long where I am like hotly anticipating this reunion, especially for a Beverly Hills reunion where I'm like, it's usually pretty okay. Like there's there's been obviously iconic moments, but it never gets. It recently it hasn't gotten so so heated except for when Camille like was running off stage ripping off her dress but I'm <laughs> just fascinated to see the couch set up this year because the teams are so all over the place and like Erica's obviously is obviously going to be beside Andy but like who's on the opposite side of Erica it's like Kyle and Garcelle beside yeah. her that's crazy to me yeah no you're so yeah I mean because Garcelle and Sutton have really yeah I feel like Garcelle and Sutton will be beside each other. I could see, yeah, I mean, I love her, like, yeah, Erica beside Andy, without a doubt. I think it's going to be Erica, Kyle, Crystal, mm-hmm. and then 
Garcelle, Sutton, Rinna, Dorit. Am I missing somebody? Uh, Kathy, but she would come on Kyle's yeah, side of the like, couch. She, yeah, she's going to squeeze in. They'll probably give Kathy a throne beside the couches or something. Like <laughs> I can see her doing something really like eccentric. I mean, I want to talk about this. And the day we're talking is the day that Rihanna revealed she's watching this season. So uh, as I tweeted today, if Rihanna can persevere with Roni, so can you. <laughs> but where are we on Housewives in New York? What are you thinking? What I will say is that I don't hate the season. I think there are moments that it's having. My only criticism really at large is the sober people put into situations that are very precarious. And I wish production was just maybe a bit more cautious of what's happening there. And Mm. Roni has a certain kind of rhythm to it that I think with a lot of the pieces of the puzzle this season is just not working and that's fine. And I know this might be redundant at this point because everybody under the sun has said it, but I do think we have had seasons where there's only been five people and it's worked on OC. It worked. But I think with New York, it's such a comedy that you need a really stacked comedic cast. You need people to play the parts that they need to play because prior to season 11, we had, Bethany, who fancied herself the the narrator, Carol, who was the voice of reason, Sonia, the comedic relief, Ramona, the irritator or whatever she was. Uh, (laughs) The irritator. The irritator. (laughs) That works. I don't know what the word is, but that works as well. Luann, the kind of out to lunch and constantly reinventing herself kind of person, so on and so forth. But now we just have like a really dismantled group and you can see like we tried with Heather. Okay, that didn't work. We're trying with Bershon. Is that working? It's just a lot. Yeah, they've been hit with COVID restrictions. They have been hit Mm. with a smaller cast than they probably want. And they've been hit with just the sense that like it's made me realize how much New York City at its full full speed energy is such a part of the show. I mean, I know it's such a cliche of mm-hmm. of Sex and City. Oh, New York is the is no. the other character at the table. <laughs> but actually, for New for Housewives, I feel like it kind of is because you know they can throw them into like a random restaurant where Ramona will go trolling for men and Sonia will prop up the bar, and that's a whole brilliant scene that unfolds. Or like. You know, there's just a slight, it's just, I just, I mean, we're, this isn't a recap show, but the most recent episode at the time we were talking was, you know, the Ramona Sonia mm-hmm. joint birthday. And I was just watching those scenes and I was like, there is no energy at this party because it's such a small group of people. And there's, and in a way, I'm glad that they followed things and tried to be safe because I know at one point, I think, is it Ramona or Luan or somebody got COVID and they had to shut down for two weeks? I like that for the most part, they actually are following the rules. But God, does it really fuck up a reality show? Whatever it's scripted TV where you just, you know, you film as if COVID doesn't exist and you maybe shorten down the ensemble or something. But for a reality show, it just re- it's really hard. It sucked the air out of the room, kind of. And like you're saying, like, literally the people are not in the room. So that also doesn't help. But I mean, with Beverly Hills, they're also kind of restricted. But there is so much meat to the bone this season. Like the storylines are so great. And then the side storylines are really good. And New York was always best when it had 17 different things happening in one episode. And sometimes like the dinner, that that iconic dinner with Bethany and Carol fighting on one end, Tinsley and Sonia making out, and then Luann and Dorinda on the other end fighting. Like that's New York summed up. It's like so much is happening. Nothing makes sense. And it's comedic still. And I think here, yes, 
like you when you think of New York, you think of really great iconic trips, obviously, but for like like really, really deep fans, it's the like cyanide cyanide scene at the like random New York like party, and then that guy that like screams in uh Ramona's face who Luann dated for the summer quickly at that weird like hotel shuffle party that they were at. Like all these like little moments like what you're saying is like very New York, like these filled spaces that these women would haunt and they would just like get wild. And I think it needs to reassess what the tone is and what the beats are and what the cast looks like a little bit, because I think for the most part, I enjoy the cast. It's just not padded enough. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because you mentioned Beverly Hills and I do think that they're sort of getting away with it more, but I also think yeah. Like on Beverly Hills, if you had an episode that was just them going to each other's nice houses and maybe one lunch, you would notice less because on those shows, they have much bigger houses yes. and they are kind of maybe because of the way they live, but they're all sort of in their homes doing things more so on screen. Whereas I feel like in New York, they all live in nice apartments, but they're in apartments that they then leave to go do stuff. And so in New York, you just notice that like, or even when they spent like one episode too many in the Hamptons. I was like, I get it. This is a space you can bring them all and sure, throw them together. But like but in we, a regular season, that's one episode. Exactly. And I was like, that's one thing as well. I feel like on New York this season, there are actually certain scenes. I know we joked about Melbourne having long scenes, but like <laughs> there are moments, there are moments this season on New York where I'm like, you're letting this run for five minutes too yeah. long because you don't have anything else. Whereas, yeah. you know, in New York, this would be a, a button onto a scene and there'd be, as you say, 17 other things going on. So yeah, I mean... Have I loved everything? Everything Ebony's done? No, but also the mm. arc to try and make her the villain of why it's not good is not fair either. So we'll see. I mean, I'm curious about the yeah. reunion. Anyway, that's all I, I have to hold on for. I'm just fascinated. Like, also, like you said at the top of this, like waking up this morning and literally the first thing I saw was Rihanna adding <laughs> Ramona Singer <laughs> on Instagram was so crazy to me, but also like it made me love New York for like a really hot second. And I was like, oh my God, Rihanna's loving it. Like you said, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, am I a bit disappointed? Yes. Does this yeah. still entertain me way more than OC and Dallas have in the last 12 of months? Course. Also, yes. So like, it's a bit, I think because it's been so good for so long, yeah. people are really like, it's over. We need to fire everyone. I'm like, it was. It's a one shitty season after thirteen yes. years. We'll we'll live. Like we'll, we'll be fine. Live, we'll figure also, this out. We complained about Beverly Hills for what two and a half, three seasons, and then mm-hmm. OC has been in a, quite a stinky stretch of seasons. But <laughs> the fervor and excitement that Heather's return has now is all of a sudden we're like, yes, OC, we'll give it a second chance. And it's there's ebbs and flows. Like it's, I hate to say it because I know how much. She is a controversial figure, obviously, and I don't love Bethany off the show, but Bethany on the show did play such an integral part to the pieces of the puzzle. And I think her leaving so quickly last year did throw a wrench into things, but they need to not just rely on one person. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something people have not really acknowledged. Last season was pretty good in the end, but as you say, they pulled last season off despite losing a key cast member with days to go or even like a day to go. So this Mm -hmm. year, I think between the election and COVID and everything, it's just like, oh God, this is hard. It's a lot. It's a lot. As we're chatting, Potomac has been back for a few episodes and it's Mm -hmm. like as amazing as ever. Where are you on your Potomac journey? 
So I'm all caught up and I, Potomac has, again, not to sound cliche, but sorry, it's become the gold standard kind of for Housewives right now because it's in that perfect sweet spot with its cast. I thought personally it had an incredible Housewives season last year, like an iconic Housewives season, regardless of the fight and all that kind of stuff. But that reunion still goes viral on Twitter like once a week now. Um, I know. Which is crazy. And then this season, I think, is really interesting because there's so many OGs that are part of this cast and make Potomac Potomac. So whenever a new girl is added into the mix, I do become a little Vicky Gunvalson. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) don't mess with my girls. Like, they're my girls. (laughs) But Mia is studied. She came ready. She said, I've seen the show. I have notes. (laughs) And here's what I'm going to add. Yeah, it's crazy how, I I mean, listen, she could completely shit the bed and end up being, like, mm-hmm. unbearable by the end of the season, but it's incredible how not, and you know what, to be fair, Dr. Wendy acquitted herself equally well last year, and now she feels really part of the mix on her second season. Yeah. I, like, it's, not only does Potomac have a bunch of women who've been there since the start and very organic, like, enthralling storylines that seem to happen in great drama, They've managed to add in new people in a really mm-hmm. great way. Like all the like all the elements really do work on that show from a production point of view. But yeah, Mia already feels like part of the group, but she's her own personality. And we're getting yeah. to know, like, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, it's a tall order to come in. Because last season won so many new fans to Potomac and it got so many people talking and they had such an explosive reunion. Like to come in as a newbie in your first season is like, and be that good on this show is is very impressive. It's impressive, and we're also seeing the like the riff in terms of like maybe Wendy, who I don't I think is getting a lot of slack this season, but I think she's doing what she needs to do. But she is, I think, reacting to a new person joining the show. And I'm not saying anything new here, but kind of like if someone came to my house and lied about their age and like kind of was like you came with one person and then started defending somebody else, I too would have some questions, but (laughs) I think what we're not saying is Wendy is reacting to Mia playing the housewives game, which is what I think her, her biggest struggle is, is where Wendy's like, no, no, I know what you're doing and I see what you're doing. And I personally, myself, I'm loving what everybody's doing. That's a good point. Yeah, it's sort of the fourth wall thing. It's not that like Wendy is as much clocking me as like, you know, new cast member game on a reality show as she is her actual behavior. Like we saw the preview for next week's, which is basically Giselle and Robin texting Mia and then Mia like flipping on them. And I'm like, oh, this girl really came like I'm not taking alliances or allegiances i am just kind of like rolling with the punches which is great yeah and i just love seeing their text messages that is like yes. a weird housewife yes. trope that i love as well there's i have like screen cap somewhere of just like all the new york ones where it's like luann has bethany's name completely spelled wrong and then <laughs> <laughs> just the way they have their names in the phone is just so telling to me about everything i love it yeah it just there's so it's there's something so intimate about seeing how somebody sends text messages. So when yeah. they flash up on screen, I'm like, oh, I need to see how you, exactly how you spell your friend's name. Do you yeah. use emojis? Oh my god, it's just I'm fascinated by it. Um, we do like we do have shakeups coming. We mentioned OC mm-hmm. there. There are shakeups coming on kind of OC. There's talk of like 
a bunch of new women on Dallas and there's rumors about who may or not return or leave on Atlanta as well. Like, what do you make of these shakeup stories? And do you think these shows do need to be a bit more, I don't know, like cutthroat when it comes to bringing in or, or taking out people from the cast? Yeah, I do think there is a time and a place to do an overhaul. And I think it with history, like how we saw how New York completely gutted the cast from four to five works in its favor. And I think what they're doing with OC is the exact thing they should be doing with OC is like keeping one or two people they enjoy, the fans already like, keeping Emily for some reason, having a fan <laughs> favorite, having a fan favorite like Heather come back, which also leaves the door open for Tamara hopefully to come back, and then adding in a bunch of new people to completely change the dynamic. And OC has never been illustrious to me or like, sorry, I'm, I meant more like glamorous in the way that Beverly Hills is, but I think these girls are kind of like, what I've seen of the new girls on Instagram at the very least, like really coming to put on a show, which I'm excited for. And I'm also excited right now that OC people are like recalling the golden days of it because of Heather's return. And I'm like, yes, like when OC was at its best, it was perfect. Dallas needs an exorcism and I don't know who's going to provide that. <laughs> That's the see Dallas season six, the exorcism. <laughs> The ex, the exorcism of DeAndre Simmons. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like with her uh, wakey guy. Like that. People are complaining about Roni, but that last season of Dallas was so dark and so yeah. that was hard to get through. And that reunion, no one said, talks about it because like no one really cares about Dallas at the end of the day. But that reunion was one of the worst reunions I've ever seen. It was yeah. It was like it wasn't good. And then there was some really really heavy like i mean there was stuff about grief because brandy has gone through a lot but also oh my god that stuff just yeah there was discussions around race and racism that were just like toe curling to watch where like i don't think tiffany hit every single beat that she could have in her first season whatever that happens but some of the stuff that was said to her i was like this is like if they bring back Cameron Westcott, I'll be genuinely surprised because okay. never mind what happened on Twitter on that reunion. I was like, yes, dickhead. She's also alleged to still be part of the new cast. And I was like, wait, Steph Holman is out here commenting on every single housewives Instagram with hearts. She is ready. Keep Steph. I'm fine with her. Yeah, Steph, I can't reply to every comment on Instagram <laughs> Holman. Yeah, keep her. Well, she's clearly not. She's clearly not filming right now. She's got time to comment on um, his Instagram. I allegedly. was te- <laughs> I was texting Josh about this the other day, and he just came back with like her quotes, which is like, "Gorgeous heart, so beautiful heart, beautiful Gorgeous. family, <laughs> so beautiful, beautiful family. Love you, girl. Love you, girl. Love you. Thanks, girl. Oh my god, thanks, girl. Yeah, I, Travis, I, I love that. Thank you." <laughs> Not Travis, not Travis. <laughs> I can't believe I can do her voice. There you go. That's, That's good. We'll add to the pile. <laughs> yeah, Dallas is, I don't know. Dallas is in a tougher spot for me than New York was because also mm-hmm. there's no like, Dallas has like one or two good seasons, but it's not like treated like it doesn't, it didn't give us so much that we can kind of forgive it for a not great season. It has put us through so much. And then to have such a terrible season and Tiffany, I thought, was a great housewife. Did she hit everything? No, but she really was swimming with the sharks there, and they were not great to her. But she came out at the end and also had the first chair beside Andy in her first reunion, which is great. 
Um, and then to answer your Atlanta question, that was also a tough, <laughs> tough season. I just, these COVID seasons, Beverly Hills is proving to be the most successful, but I think Atlanta had it really tough. I think it was one of the first to film, too. Yeah. They came and, back. Like, OC got interrupted, but Atlanta was the first one to come back when yeah. things weren't really much better, even though, as people have said, Georgia as a state didn't, like, in terms of measures yeah. and all that, didn't necessarily lock down as harshly. Like, it was still a concern. So, yeah, they definitely felt the brunt of it. They did. And I think at the end of the day, like you said, I can sit through a bum season because it happens and there's going to Atlanta will always give us moments. They'll always give us one liners. That Bolo episode was obviously incredible there. I wish there yeah. were 12 more of that same episode. There was not, but I think it, not to change this, the subject a little bit, but I think with like Jersey, we saw a really solid COVID season. I think they did the best they could. Also Jersey completely forgot about anything. So it felt like COVID did not exist watching that season. Yeah. And that was crazy. Yeah, and conversely, I think, I don't know how up-to-date you are with the cast rumors, but they've added in, I think, two new girls, and it seems that the cast has iced out Jennifer Aiden, which I find fascinating. Oh my god, yeah, I've noticed, like, people are posting pictures of them at group mm. events and stuff, and Jennifer wasn't in a lot of them. I was like, I didn't love everything she did last season, no. but I also think she's one of those combustible firecracker people yeah so i'm kind of like wait what's happening and i also don't like when they ice out someone not heavily because it, then it's like okay but like she's on the cast so you still have to work with her like it's just a bit it doesn't work the way they think it does no and it's I, we didn't learn anything from beverly hills which is like i also the audience is oftentimes the most sympathetic to the person being iced out because i just don't think mm-hmm. it's fair like you said and yeah. that's the that was the issue with denise where it's like okay i understand what we're I kind of understand what we're doing here, but like the the putting her on the cross for like something so innocuous that also does not matter to anybody involved was like so crazy to me. We automatically just side with the underdog in that moment. So it never really works out for the main cast in the way that they think it's going to. That's such a good point. Like, I mean, I, I even think on Potomac, as much as what Monique did mm-hmm. was bad, I think the audience was a little bit more inclined to sympathize with her because the other women really, really pushed her out and it went beyond we were disappointed in this incident too. Like we're using this to get rid of you. So like, no, like not to excuse what she did at all, but you know, like there was a bit of like, Oh, this is ammo for you as much as it is a reason to be like, maybe disappointed in this person. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's become so much a part of housewives culture in the last few years where it's, you are either on one side of the argument or you are on the other. And to your point, there are instances where someone is completely incorrect. Like I will never, what Teresa said in the last reunion to Jackie was so vile about the, uh, sorry, to Margaret as about the sexual harassment claims when she was working, when she was younger. Um, And I was like, this is just so stupid. Like we come to expect this from Teresa, but when people automatically, unless it's Kelly Dodd or someone of that sort, like run to get these people fired. I think you can look at someone and you can look at like right now, Wendy and Mia and not say, Oh, Mia's a hundred percent correct. I don't see any of Wendy's points at all. And Wendy needs to be fired from the show. It's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. There's nuance to this a little bit. Let's look past the cameras and let's also just enjoy a feud. Like the sudden and crystal thing 
is old school housewives at its finest and i didn't pick a side i was like this is just fucking entertaining let's go with it yeah exactly like you have to be one-sided like are you team something or crystal i'm like i'm team being entertained that's what team i'm on i'm team pass the remote let me turn the volume up and like grab a bowl of popcorn that's the team i'm on like if twitter twitter was around but if it was as vocal as it was as it is now during the very heightened Teresa and melissa years i can only imagine what would have (laughs) happened like like no one was team Teresa, but you're still like i mean this is the person running the show right now like it's just 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 watch and enjoy it um this is a question i'd love to ask everybody i'm so curious where you're going to take this one i feel like you could go anywhere Mm. um but i have to do it what would your housewives tagline be and why Oh God, I, it's not mine. So I'm unoriginal in starting this, but we, first of all, we always like try to come up with some at like a pre-drink, but I can't remember any now, obviously, but A.D. Bryant was on Watch What Happens Live and they asked her that question and hers was, I bring the drama and the pizza, which is my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Into your Italian roots as well. I mean, okay. So I, uh, you know, the drama's happening, Stasera. You better stay up. That's not good. That's so bad. <laughs> and Stasera is tonight in the tonight. <laughs> the drama is happening, Stasera. <laughs> I mean, I feel like pizza is a good word to hang it off of. Mm-hmm. Like, I bring I the pizza know. and the drama. That's the perfect combination of what you want. Like my, I mean, I think. We can all agree. One of the best housewives intro quotes is, um, I'm not a housewife, but I am real, which is like perfect. True. That's like the ultimate kind of summation. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. You mean you stole it from Eddie Bryant, but you're steal <laughs> it's not mine at all. <laughs> Yeah, steal from the greats. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I like that one. I mean, I, at this point, so many people have, like, just froze, and I've asked that question. I'm like, just use someone else's. Yeah, of <laughs> course. It's that. there. It's there. <laughs> something that you are very good at online, I know it's kind of part of your job, but it's just something you do in your own socials, is, like, content and, like, memes and, and shit that's going to make people laugh online. Um, When it comes to housewives memes and jokes, what are some of your favorite housewives memes either that you've done or that you've seen kind of go around i don't know if i'm gonna talk about mine because that's i don't i I don't know like my head does not need to get any bigger than it already is but i think some (laughs) uh other people's memes and jokes i think the way dorit's italian has become our go-to for anything is my favorite i was gonna say (laughs) yeah um (laughs) <laughs> I think this should have been a bigger thing, but I really enjoyed when Lisa Renna walked into Erica's new house and her reaction to the house yeah. was the most fabricated, insane thing I've ever watched. <laughs> and it's perfect for me. Oh, so gorgeous. so gorgeous. So oh. When they're like looking at the bathroom that has like cool wallpaper. She's like, oh, hello, hello. And I was like, I know. I know. Bathroom. I know. Oh, this is just, it's you. This is you. Yeah. <laughs> this, this has got you written all over it. I was like, calm down. Like yeah. she, like as if she was in like the Taj Mahal. I'm like, girl. It was so girl, fake. Chill. I think. <laughs> it was, it was so also, <laughs> when Luann, it's been used a hundred times, but when Luann said, when Ramona found out that Mario was on other dating apps and Luann's initial reaction was grinder, but she has like her, <laughs> her mouth is filled with food and she does that face that she does. It's so funny to me. 
<laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I also did something last year that is now on my sus- my suspended Twitter account, but it was when Rain On Me came out and I just clipped Ramona saying, when you're wet, you're wet, which is <laughs> one of my favorite Ramona lines. God, I forgot that you got suspended on Twitter. God, yeah, like you've, you've put you've put it you've put in work for the memes, and you've suffered as a result. Uh, yeah, Kelly's Kelly Clarkson's team did not appreciate the uh, the appreciation that I had for her. <laughs> Is that what it was? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Damn, I find that so odd. Like. When people are sharing clips of artists they love, like I'm like, is this not under fair use or like promotion? I find that really weird. Like, what do you want to do with this? Yeah, God. Yeah. Well, that's this is not a Kelly Clarkson call no. podcast, but no. it, could, it could become <laughs> one if we needed to. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you mentioned Dorit's Italian because the clips of that, like Bolognese, Bolognese, and then my favorite one is where she goes. La scarpe, we will be shopping for la scarpe, which means shoes. Thank you, Doreen. Thank you. I loved I loved as well, like her, that season where they were setting up that she was like, you know, Italian adjacent in terms of her fucking life over there and she loves Italy or whatever. And they were in Sutton's boutique and the server or like the, someone working in the shop, either giving them drinks or food or something mentioned that they were from Italy and she goes, oh, molto bene. <laughs> and starts doing, I was like, that poor guy is just at work. Like, please like, don't make this Like, please don't give Italian. me your fake Italian. Although she doesn't, like her and Luann speak it in two different ways, which is fine. Also, I just remembered my other favorite meme is the new one right now of Vicky's first season on Housewives. And I think it was Maddie Caps who like chopped it up a little bit. And it's Vicky saying, mm-hmm. I hate my life. I hate, I hate my job. Woohoo! Which is <laughs> very 2021 energy. <laughs> very. Yeah, no, it's funny, isn't it? Like, sort of like there's housewives moments, like quotable, instantly iconic scenes, and now there's like weird. I think I think it's also like internet humor is so specific, where it's like people pull really ultra specific things that even like this season on Beverly Hills when Rinna and Garcella didn't have much to say to each other and they just sat there talking about the beam in the room. That's a great beam. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't seen that earlier. Like those weird mundane clips feel so much more like, like they just become so instantly like shared. I don't know what it is. It's when, if for me, it's like something that is just so, there's like obvious attempts to make a meme, but like Vicky Gunvalson yeah. genuinely saying she feels like she's being hung on the cross like Jesus was is so funny because she's so unaware of how funny it is to say that so seriously. Um, or maybe she is a little bit unaware, but then like, I love Tamara, but like Tamara crying in the bushes and that meme that came out of that was like on purpose, but also iconic. Oh, that was like one of her, like maybe her last season. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Where she yeah. had the meltdown that felt so put on. Yeah. That was fake as fuck. I mean, there's two differences, right? Like the screaming, that's my opinion, was kind of before they became aware of it, which, you know, we all love Dorinda, of course, but like when she started putting the I make it nice on mugs and stuff like that, it's like, oh, like you, like you get what you're doing here. It's not as inte- as unintentional as it may seem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and also it's funny you mentioned Ramona because um, one of my favorites is when she was on, <laughs> she was on the phone with Bethany and she's just like, giving like you don't support her and wow Bethany wow like because whatever way they filmed that scene it felt like they kind of 
they told her she was going to call Bethany, but then the rest of it felt really real in that she was that pissed off. And there's that just so many little... That was so real. So and real. And the dog on the... When they, they swooped out yes. of the dog, and the dog is, like, <laughs> waiting on the curb, and it swoops up, and she's, like, blinking angrily and kind of just shaking, like... <gasps> I was like, that's Ramona and, and unintentionally hilarious housewives at its peak for me. Unintentionally hilarious, and I don't like to give Ramona any credit, but she has had several Same. times where she has been one of the few people to chop Bethany up, like the Brooklyn Bridge, that call. She didn't lie. She was not incorrect. Was that season three and they're walking along and she just, or two. Two or three. It's an Ernie Ernie season where like Ramona just says, you're going to end up alone. You work too hard. Everyone says it. And Bethany's (laughs) like, (laughs) (laughs) well, the best thing in that is like, where Bethany's like, I've never been so excited to see Alex and Simon on the other side of the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, that made me so happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shout out to Alex and Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another question I love to ask guests when they come on the show. And I don't know, will you, well, you probably don't have any Canadian queens in it because you don't, you didn't watch the Canadian show. <laughs> well, that, that's not going to happen. Oops. Um, but I'm very, cu- <laughs> I'm very curious who you're going to have at this. So you're throwing a Housewives dinner party Tomorrow, you can have five people from the shows. It can be housewives, friend of, husbands, hangers-on, side characters, kids, whoever, oh pets if you want. Who's coming to the party and why? Okay, this is such a great question. Okay, the first person that came to my mind is Brianna, uh, Vicky's oh. daughter. Because okay. I just need to sit her down and ask 17,000 questions about <laughs> Vicky being her mother. This is coming off like I'm a Vicky mm-hmm. stan and... I'm a little bit of a Vicky as a housewife stand, but just like your mother lied about dating someone who had cancer and who also lied about having cancer. Like also, I think Brianna's like one of the best housewives children. Like she is also, that's one of my favorite memes right now where if she, when uh, Tamara throws the wine at Gina or the other way around and Vicky's daughter goes back and she goes, I thought this was a classy party. Um <laughs> So because that. that clip oh that's speaking of clips that go around that has gone oh, around a lot that's lately, so actually. funny yeah. it's so funny yeah. um it'd be her for no reason at all but for many reasons i think i would like carol just because i also have a lot of questions there <laughs> don't we all yeah i would have <laughs> nini because i want to laugh and nini is the best and i think like i just want to be like listen you need to know you did all this. Like, this is because of you. It's because of Tamara. Yeah. Like, you're the icon. I would have Bethany, but I would also be sitting at the table shaking if I had Bethany at my house. <laughs> In a good or bad way? In a, like, a bad way, because no one <laughs> okay. scares me more than her. And I don't know if you watched the the big shot with Bethany, but I was like, I did. I you, was scared. Yeah. I'm like, you are unhinged. Like this is, this is not okay. It's just not okay. Kim. Um, <laughs> and I think I'd have, it's not okay. Kim. It's just not, <laughs> that's one of my favorite Lisa Renner quotes. It's just not okay. Kim, you can't treat her or anybody like that. It's just not okay. <laughs> that, that would be an amazing meme. Yeah. You have my permission to steal this <laughs> Thank idea. You. Of like, you know, the big shot with Bethany scenes where she was like just lambasting those poor contestants and it could oh stand right It's not okay. You can't talk to people that way. It's just not you okay, are, Kim. You are rude. You're a sick, very sick person. She defends you, Kim. She defends you all the time. Um, 
sorry. That I just sorry that just stuck out when you said that. I was like, oh my god, what an another iconic quote. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, and I would also have this is like going all over the place. I would have Candace Dillardin on at my dinner table just because I think me and Josh talk about this all the time. But I would have her enter and leave my home singing as she does in every scene. <laughs> Hello. We're here for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And she'd be like, thank you, Jordan Apulacy. <laughs> yeah. She would, she'd her, walk out. <laughs> her and Luann just singing unprompted. Nobody asked them to sing. <laughs> They're always singing. <laughs> I feel like if there was ever like an, like a Housewives crossover where Luann and Candace met, like Luann would do that thing where she'd say girlfriend too many times. Oh my Candace. God, yeah. You're a great singer, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. <laughs> God, that's a okay. Have we got we've got five there because it's Brianna, Brianna, uh, Nini, Candace, Candace Beth, Carol, Bethany, and, Carol, and Bethany question mark because you were yeah. not sure about Bethany. <laughs> Honestly, that's I would chaotic. have also just a New York dinner, which like the like Bethany and everyone she's just severed friendships with. So Bethany till <laughs> Carol. Um, I mean, she's close with Dorinda now, but they've really had those touch and go moments. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you've chosen some very chaotic guests. I really, I appreciate the energy of that one. I only do chaos. <laughs> we should just clip that as your. That's your tagline. That's yeah. your tagline. <laughs> I only do chaos. <laughs> some of you do a lot. I only do chaos. Well, I'm living for Ashley's tagline this year, which kills me every time. Where it's like the only thing messier than my two boys is me. <laughs> That and that last year's one where that's the only crap I'll take. I was like, <laughs> that is so vulgar. Every time that will come on screen, I'd be like, oh. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> so this is a question I'm very curious about for you. Like, what's next on your Housewives journey? Are you somebody who goes back and rewatches episodes? Is there a season or a city you've never gotten into? Like, aside from what's airing right now, what do you plan on watching next? That's a great question. I think after this podcast where I have now been outed as someone who has not watched Vancouver, I will be watching that. I want to (laughs) continue my Melbourne journey because I was loving every second of it. And I think it's, speaking of iconic housewives, it's great. I think I do, though, have such a a thing. Like I recently rewatched New York season three. Um, I kind of... New York is always something I go back to. I would like to, uh, I don't know, maybe do a little bit, like go back to old school Atlanta again. Mm. Housewives for me is like, and I hate comparing it to this, but it is like cartoons. Like it is just so easy for me to like have on, be invested in, rewatch something and enjoy it again. But I think, especially for diehard Housewives fans to like have the history of everywhere else, I think is also important. So I think I'd do Vancouver. There you go. Somehow I, an Irish you person who never me. actually met, have gotten you to watch a Canadian TV show that I assumed you'd already watched. Listen, okay, things happen. <laughs> Why am I suddenly more Canadian than you? That's the real question. I don't know, but you really turned these tables around today. <laughs> like Teresa, I always mm. turn the tables. <laughs> Um, before we go, where can people find you online? Kelly Clarkson, fraud, uh, not permitting. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Jordan Apps, and you can find me on Instagram at Jordan Apps, and 
you can listen to a podcast I have with my one of my best friends called Loves It, where we just talk about the shows and TV, uh, sorry, movies and TV shows and everything that we kind of watch during the week. And sometimes we don't watch anything and we just chat and it's fun. Yeah, you, you cover basically what's happened on Housewives that week, yeah. but also you do fun deep dives like I listened to an episode where you very earnestly <laughs> dove into the vast career of Rachel McAdams, which <laughs> taught me a lot, actually. I was like, oh, Rachel had quite the career arc. Yeah, that was embarrassing for me because I just became that meme of the lady sitting in bed, like holding her fingers out, being like, point one, point two, point three, and here's <laughs> what you missed. And also that year and that movie that she did that nobody saw, but it was nice. No, I honestly was like, I had no idea she did half these fucking movies. I was like, Rachel has been booked and blessed for a long time. I, people forget. They're like, it's either the year 2005 or Spotlight. And I'm like, no, things happened in between. <laughs> that was literally, but that's what the episode of the show literally. was like, actually. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Jordan, you broke new ground for Canada on this podcast. And it was an absolute joy. Thank you very much for coming on Housewives and Me. Thank you so much, Connor. This was a blast. That was Jordan Apulazy here on Housewives of Me. As I mentioned, his podcast is called Loves It. I will put a link to listen to that in the show notes for this episode as well. And places to find Jordan online. I mean, sadly, his original Twitter account was suspended, but he still has, you know, amazing Housewives memes that you must check out. They're very funny. If you liked what you heard today and you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating and a review. It really helps the show get found out by other people on the charts and all that kind of thing you can find us wherever you get your podcasts new episodes come out every single tuesday you can find the show on social media at housewives and me on twitter and instagram and if you want to follow me i'm it's connor Bean on those platforms as well so until next time thank you very much for listening stay safe and i'll talk to you soon 